Welcome everyone to Greeley's Healthcare Podcast today, August 18th, 2020, discussing CMS's Memorandum on Survey Prioritization, which tells us what to expect as CMS begins to deploy back into the field. My, my name is Lisa Eddy. I'm the Vice President of Compliance Services with the Greeley Company, and I have here with me today Bud Pate, who is Greeley's Director of Content and Learning. And as a former bureaucrat, I thought I'd pick Bud's brain for all of us today, sort of to um, find out really what CMS is trying to tell us in this memo. So first off, can you tell our listeners about this memo from a broad brush standpoint? Sure, thanks, Lisa. Um, this memo is uh, from a website uh, that the CMS maintains to communicate with the 50 or so state agencies it has to do its inspection across the country. Uh, and you can see here the nature of it. It is a um, Center for Clinical Standards and Quality Safety uh, and Oversight Group. That's QSO for short. And it's QSO 2035. And it pertains to all facility or provider types. In order to get to this and any other such memo, I'm going to show you here briefly how to do that. Uh, you go to the CMS website, and uh, it's quite a long URL, but you can um, search for this string right here. Once you get onto the CMS website, policy and memos to states and regions. There we go. So if you if you search for that, it will come up. When you come to this page, you'll notice that it, it, it isn't really in chronological order. It starts uh, in uh, posting dates of 2018. Uh, I, oh, actually, excuse me, in, in 2011. So it starts way back in 2011. And what we clearly want to do is get to the most recent postings. So um, just click on this once, and then that will bring you back to the very beginning, which takes you back to 2008. That's not what you want. So if you click on that heading a second time, you will now bring the most recent one to the top one. Enforcement cases, here we go, uh, held during uh, prioritization period and revised survey uh, prioritization. So that's the name of the memo that we're gonna be talking about and that's how you get to it. Uh, so in broad brush, this memo redeploys the state agencies to the field. They've been out of the field since uh, March, at least on behalf of CMS. And the reason for that, of course, is that the state agencies have had their other, they've been coping with the uh, pandemic. And although they may still be coping with the pandemic um, in some parts of the country, in those parts of the country where they're not um, uh, really impacted, if they've had a, if they're following the White House guidelines for, um, reopening. In other words, there's been a two-week or 14-day uh, trend in a decrease in the number of cases, decrease in the number of infections, decrease in the, those sorts of things. And you need to refer to the White House, not the CDC guidelines, but the White House guidelines, which are actually different than CDC guidelines. Uh, but according to CMS, once it reopens, according to those guidelines, then the state agency needs to redeploy into the field. So that's essentially what it says. And it goes on for many, many pages, well, nine pages to be specific, uh, describing exactly what that means to reopen. 
So as we look at that, bud, um, it, it covers a lot of the different uh, healthcare entities, but um, we're going to talk a little bit about perhaps the um, acute care hospitals and uh, critical access hospitals. And if you could show, there we go, the um, non-long-term care, perfect, the expanded survey activities. And here's sort of the prioritization um, and how they will uh, deploy back into the field. If you want to talk about that a little bit, I'd appreciate that. Sure. Uh, before I do, I'm just going to tell you that the other parts, this first part, and if you're looking at this yourself, don't get confused. As Lisa said, we're uh, we're really um, concerned with the non-long-term care folks because in the long-term care industry, the whole enforcement scheme is different. And so these terms won't mean a lot to hospitals, critical access hospitals, ambulatory surgical centers, et cetera. So for, uh, so, Part one just deals with nursing homes, essentially. Uh, and then as we go down here on the, um, if I can find it again, the, here's the non-long-term care guidance. There's a third section that deals with labs, and so we're not going to talk about that. So uh, again, the acute care facilities um, and provider types, uh, here is the priority. So they're there to do revisits or surveys, or they, they're going to revisit surveys for past non-compliance that do not otherwise qualify for desk review. So what is desk review? Desk review means that in lieu of a revisit, and they would prefer that you do a desk review than a revisit if you're a state agency. Um, in order to qualify for a revisit, uh, the nature of the finding or the deficiency must be amenable to the uh, provision of proof by the um, provider. So in other words, uh, if you get a 20-page statement of deficiencies and you can submit evidence of compliance uh, to the state agency, uh, the state agency may be able to just um, check off without actually coming back out to the facility. Now that assumes that any sort of immediate jeopardy finding has been abated by an on-site review. But once immediate jeopardy is off the table, uh, then, then you could theoretically go through a desk review uh, by the state agency. Uh, but if you can't do a desk review, then the revisits um, for outstanding enforcement actions is the first priority. Uh, second priority is complaint surveys triggered as non-IJ level or higher that have not been completed. So uh, even in March, if there was an IJ meaning immediate jeopardy, if there was a complaint that alleged immediate jeopardy, there was no hiatus. The state agency was going was to go out there and validate that the jeopardy situation existed. And if they did validate it, uh, they were to uh, stay engaged until the jeopardy was abated. So, um, um, so uh, complaint surveys uh, triaged as non-IJ level uh, have been completed. So you need to do those surveys. So there might be a backlog of complaints that didn't allege uh, an IJ. Uh, then uh, special purpose renal dialysis facility surveys are next. Initial surveys for new providers to keep that supply chain going. Past due recertification of two kinds. 
but what do we mean by recertification uh, survey? Let's talk about that term. So number five and number six. First thing is a recertification survey is what we think of as a routine, or in the case of Joint Commission Accredited Hospitals, a triennial survey. And thinking about hospitals um, that are accredited by the Joint Commission, the state agency does not do recertification surveys. It actually only does for cause or validation surveys. So they wouldn't have, so if a hospital or a critical access hospital uh, or an ambulatory surgical center were accredited, then um, they this would not even be on their plate. So they wouldn't need to do that. That would be on the accrediting organization's plate. And we've talked elsewhere about how the Joint Commission and other accreditors are resuming the field. But assuming that the provider is not accredited, uh, then um, the state agency is behooved to go back every once in a while. They go out, they do a survey, they resolve all the issues, they do a follow-up survey or a desk review, and all uh, deficiencies are corrected. And then they just lie dormant, and although they might investigate compliance, they do, do another full survey until that recertification uh, period comes up. And um, hospitals do not have a statutorily required survey interview interval. There are uh, recertification intervals, I believe, in the state operations manual, but some provider types have a statutorily required survey interval. So that's what that means. I don't want to get too deep into the weeds. The bottom line is they're coming, uh, the state agencies assuming that the local area is suitable for state agency involvement in the field, and they pass the White House criteria for reopening, um, then they're back in the field. And this is not a new sequence. This is revitalizing the old priority list as to what to do first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Thank you for that, but I appreciate it. I do want to point out, um, if you go back up a little bit in that uh, document there, but right in the middle, stop. Um, you know, it says during the period of COVID-19, the public health emergency, the surveyor should continue to use the COVID-19 focused infection control survey. I was actually on, had the pleasure of being on site uh, at a facility that had a visit from the state agency and they absolutely follow that, um, just so everybody is aware, they follow that um, focused infection control survey uh, very, very closely and there will be, uh, look sees to see how organizations are managing um, COVID and what those particular, um, how the criteria is being followed and so forth. So just be aware of that. Um, the other thing that I talked about about this earlier and just, you know, but being a bureaucrat and being in over the um, Los Angeles County Department of uh, CDPH, California um, for 15 years. So I said, but, but what, what happens if state agencies differ um, from the White House criteria? So you have some states that are maybe perhaps don't feel that comfortable with their surveyors going back in the field. Um, some state agencies may, may not. Bud's response, um, but you want to just talk about that for a second? Sure. I mean, since um, different states have different opening criteria, and whatever is the more stringent opening criteria is what they're going to follow. So even if CMS is telling the state agency to go out and do a survey, but the state is saying, no, you shouldn't do it, 
they're not going to go out. Uh, and I think this is a short-term misalignment. Hopefully, by the time the pandemic is done, you know, everybody will be open and it won't be a big deal. But right now, because of the nature of the opening criteria, the White House criteria being different than CDC criteria, and and both of those sometimes being different than the state criteria, there will be situations where the White House says it's okay to open, where the state says it's not. Well, yeah. guess what? The higher, more restrictive um, a set of laws, rules, and regulations would apply, and the state surveyors would would not really deploy in that situation. I am, by the way, uh, I brought up. Um, you'll you'll see in the um, uh, the part that Lisa was talking about here. There is a link, and it's QSO 2020 all, and um, I just happened to click on the link and, he, and here we are, here is the focused review and you see that there's a focused review for nursing homes, uh, just like this memo looks at nursing homes first and you really have to get quite down into the document. Uh, so here's for acute and continuing care and this is what Lisa's talking about. They're looking at hand hygiene, uh, use of PPE, um, transmission-based precautions, um, standards and policies and procedures, infection surveillance, education monitoring, screening of staff. So it's not a brief survey by any stretch of the imagination. And so Lisa, from what you're saying is based on your experience, uh, they really go down this. Do you have any guesstimate as to how much time it would take a surveyor on a routine survey uh, to do this sort of thing? Well my ex I can just go by my experience. My experience was as the survey was being conducted, there were components of the survey that included just by natural um, surveillance and observations and touring that were conducted. But there was, um, there's a, a component of the survey that's dedicated to looking at documentation there of preparation for COVID, management of COVID, um, what the hospital's doing. And then there's also interview of staff and, um, they would go to very close attention is paid on um, whether when people are entering and exiting the building, whether you're really doing the COVID testing um, as you're, you know, asking the criteria questions that, you know, the hospital has set up, my, um, whatever their particular criteria is. They're looking to see if you're following um, what the CDC recommends. They're looking to see if you're following uh, this particular document that Bud just showed you. I don't, I can't really give you time frame, but it, because the experience that I had was during um, another, it was a visit for something else. And this was conducted while they were doing some of the other review. And also they did some of this because it, it's not some of it's standalone um, question and answer and review. The, so, but another question that I had that I know that people are uh, curious about relationship to this memo is the expanded desk review. If you can um, scroll on down to that uh, part of the the non-long-term care. So there's a desk review part. There's desk review part in the long-term care. So in order to look at the right, if you, unless you're a nursing home, you need to go to section two, which begins on page seven and uh, go on down. Um, Here's the, and yes. at the bottom of page seven is where the heading expanded desk review goes goes on. 
Now in this, uh, so there's a couple of points here uh, that restarts the clock. So essentially, as of the date of this letter, there are 10 days for outstanding POC, uh, outstanding statements of deficiencies where a POC was not submitted to now actually submit a live POC. So by the 27th uh, of August, if your facility happened to have a statement of deficiencies and due to the, the emergency, they, they said, never mind, we're not really reviewing plans of correction. There's no immediate jeopardy involved here. We'll let you know when to submit the plan of correction. Well, now is the time. So those need to be submitted. Um, each state will do their own notification, but in general, the rules they're trying to follow is that they have all those plans of correction submitted uh, by the 27th of August. And then the state uh, surveyor, when they get the plan of correction, if, and preferably, uh, but again, there's gonna be variation based on the local office, but CMS would prefer that, that in addition to the plan to correct, evidence were was submitted. Now, that oftentimes is, you know, the equivalent of binders full of material. In the old days, binders. Now it's just a huge PDF file. So, but before you go to the trouble of creating a huge PDF file that shows policies and evidence of training and, you know, uh, rosters of attendance and things like that that show evidence that the surveyor can look at from their desk and see, yes, they've implemented the plan of correction. Um, before you do that, I would check with uh, the, the local office as to whether they want that. But the CMS now allows them to consider that information and theoretically clear the entire deficiency statement just on a review of the evidence submitted by the facility. So that would be above and beyond the plan of correction. Um, state surveyors can perform desk reviews and that's what, that's what a desk review is. For all open surveys, meaning the things that have not been followed up on, that cited any level of non-compliance, including non-compliance that was cited at the IJ level, where the IJ finding has been abated, essentially. So even though there was an IJ involved in the original um, impetus for the survey, um, as long as that's been abated, then they can do a desk review for even the issue that was the subject of the IJ as long as it's no longer at the Jeopardy level. Um, and, a and so this goes back, it says beginning June 1, and as we speak, it's it's August 18th. And so um, on-site reviews are authorized and should resume as appropriate. So essentially what they're saying is, go get them, folks. Yeah. So there is one thing I want to just emphasize that Bud said that I think is very important for um, our our listeners. If you have to submit a plan of correction because you for a, a desk review, you do want to contact that state agency. You do want to find out from them the people that are going to be requesting the information and reviewing it exactly what they want in terms of evidence because otherwise you're going to be sending all kinds of stuff. Um, that maybe you don't need to send. So I, that was very good insight, but I appreciate that. I think our listeners do too. Yeah, because remember that 
the 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 state agency also represents the state state of california state of texas state of florida state of new york state of, state of ohio and the rules for following up with state citations may be different than cms right. so the so they and some state agency might say never mind sending it in just have it ready we'll be out on a follow-up uh, unannounced and we'll review it when we're out there or alternative they may say yeah please submit it if they do say please submit it i suggest to you that you impose on their time for a 15-minute conversation to just go over this is what i was thinking of submitting yes and go through that with the surveyor so that you're you know you don't because a lot of times there are things that they want that you wouldn't have predicted and even more of the time there are things that you think they would want that they really don't want to see so um uh, that's just a word to the wise yeah, I agree. So anything else, Bud, you want to uh, share with our listeners about this? It pretty much tells us that they're back uh, deploying into the field and we need to be ready for that. Anything else? Yeah, and this is uh, uh, the only thing is that the uh, Joint Commission is also back in the field as our other accrediting agencies. And that has actually uh, happened. But when we say back to the field, I just want everybody to know that that as of um, late July, so as of a few weeks ago, the Joint Commission was really back only in about 10% of the communities across the country because they're following the CDC um, uh, guidelines for reopening, unlike CMS, which is following the White House guidelines, which are different. And so, um, so even though they're back in the field, it all presumes that there's been a, essentially a two-week downward trend in the uh, COVID profile, whether you're looking at new, new cases, prevalence of the infection, hospitalizations, deaths, whatever it is you're looking at, the, it depends on the criteria they're using. Uh, uh, but in Joint Commission's case, they were only able to actually schedule on-site surveys uh, in about 10% of the country. And that's, I don't know, we're going to learn tomorrow, I guess, Lisa, yeah. whether that the profile has um, has changed a little bit in the last couple of weeks, whether it's going up or down. But when I say they're back in the field, they're back in the field, uh, both Joint Commission and CMS and the state agencies, as local conditions allow. Okay, well, thank you very much, Bud. And um, I want to thank our, our listeners for um, joining us for Greeley's Healthcare Podcast. Um, you feel free, everybody can feel free to go to Greeley's website, that's G-R-E-E-L-E-Y.com to get other helpful information and tips and um, various documents and so forth related to COVID, CMS, um, and regulatory compliance. So with that, we'll say thank you so much for listening and have a good rest of your day.